It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, this is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. Don't know what I did or said, but uh, I'm all alone today by myself. I'm Juliette Sarli, but thank you so much for joining us. Let's have a quick look at what we saw in the markets today. And, you know, it was a pretty lackluster day. In fact, pretty mixed when it comes to the sectors. I think half were in the red, half were in the green. uh, And it looks like we're going to edge higher just ever so slightly uh, about a 9% drop so far on the ASX 200, but of course we're just at the match out at the moment. That could flip. Uh, But really what's interesting is the gain that we've seen over the last five days. So the ASX 200 up by 1.1% over the last five days, virtually unchanged year to date though. And really those gains are due to the fact that uh, we had that very solid session, of course, coming through on Wednesday in response to the CPI data from the US. So thanks to that strong rally, it does look like we're going to end the week in the green. Well, what a week, of course, in terms of a lot of volatility. We had the wage price index data. We had the jobs number, always a bit like throwing it at the dartboard there. But what is that all going to mean for the RBA? We'll be asking Dr. Shane Oliver from AMP in a moment. And uh, the other key move, of course, has really been reflected in what you've seen in the telcos. The Optus CEO, Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin, really grilled at a Senate hearing today. Uh, there has been speculation that, of course, perhaps may not come as a surprise, that perhaps that she might be uh, stepping down. She did acknowledge to that Senate inquiry that there was more Optus could have done to communicate with customers and the government in the early hours of the coverage uh, of the outage I should say Uh, and we have heard that the AFR said she is weighing up her future and could resign in the next week now this hugely damaging outage came of course just a year after Optus was roasted for a major data breach and Optus parent company Singtel has maintained that a routine upgrade on its network wasn't the cause of the national meltdown we've also been looking at the retail story look we know we're facing inflationary pressures higher living costs everything is going up at the moment all your bills, you've got interest rates up. Well, are you pulling back on discretionary spending? It certainly seems so, according to the retailer Accent Group, which is the owner of the Athlete's Foot. Platypus Shoes, Hype, the glue store. Well, it did say higher cost of living costs are eating into sales. It actually saw a pretty steady move in terms of like-for-like sales in the first 19 weeks of this financial year, even though it's opened more stores. And this came on the back of Walmart saying overnight that they're starting to see US consumers buy less. We also had the luxury retailer Burberry in the UK down by about 11%, saying that it's going to struggle to meet its annual forecast 
forecast, and it's not just luxury. The German meal kit maker HelloFresh also cut its annual outlook, citing poor sales, and that sent its shares down 22% in Europe. So these higher living costs certainly meaning we're cutting back on food, we're cutting back on buying items like shoes. Of course, we're waiting to see what uh, the retail picture could look like in terms of Black Friday sales. So let's have a look at some of the sectors today, specifically energy, because we did see that big slump in crude oil prices down around 5% to four-month lows. Investors here responding to these signals of higher supply in the U.S., expectations of weak energy demand in China, all the majors lower today. When it comes to the mining space, though, I mean, this iron ore run-up is just incredible. And Fortescue Metals Group is, of course, announcing the fact that it is going to uh, have uh, an, a further upgrade as well, or I should say expansion. Uh, we don't have Fortescue on the screen there at the moment. Oh, yes, we do. Nope, we've got the gold stocks. Um, but uh, let me just tell you what Fortescue was doing. It uh, closed up just slightly, but importantly, still above $25.21. I mean, this is a stock that analysts were saying should be worth about 17 or 18 bucks just a couple of months ago. Uh, there we go, Fortescue up a third of 1%, BHP up half of 1% today. And of course, we just saw the gold stocks. They were just an outperformer, as you would expect on this safe haven buying. Uh, spot gold trading around $1,980 at the US close. Northern Star, which is one to watch now that Newcrest is out of the uh, picture, it was up 3.6%. Evolution Mining was up by about 4%. And some of the smaller ones, the likes of West African Resources, also had a really stellar day. I uh, want to check in on some of the agri stocks. I just spoke to the Grain Corp CEO. Uh, you've got Elders. I spoke to the CEO of Elders earlier this week as well. They were saying, look, it's really hard to get top talent at the moment. Select Harvest, so had a fall of about 3.5%. And when it comes to the tech space today, uh, we saw a little bit of upside from some of the key players. Block, they're up by about 6 tenths of 1%. Let's check in on some of the companies that held AGMs today as well. We talked about Accent there, falling by 8.3%. ResMed has very much been in focus. Uh, I spoke to the CEO a couple of look look at me sounding like I name drop every CEO I speak but I did speak to the resident CEO a couple of uh, weeks ago and he was saying look they're not seeing the impact of these weight loss drugs on their bottom line they're still seeing a lot of people needing treatment for sleep apnea uh, but they updated their shareholders today down one percent twenty three dollars six but the stock of the day was Accent Group. The group, as I mentioned, did open 80 new stores in 2023. It expects to open 70 new stores in the first half of 2024. But it did have a tough day and uh, actually put it on track for its worst day in one and a half years on its soft full year 24 start. Let's have a listen to what our guests had to say. Look, I don't think you need to necessarily worry too much about it. I think their digital sales um, were slightly down, but the um, the value of those sales was up about 16%. So if they're starting to sell you know, bigger, um, you know, well, larger packet sizes, um, then yeah, maybe that goes a bit of the way to, uh, fi you know, fixing up that margin issue. So um, they've been an impressive company for for two or three years. Definitely. I think your return on equity is outstanding. So look, hold if you've got it. Um, if you bring it, and it really depends on your macro view. And 
I was writing the morning report this morning and it's just, it looks like different sectors at the moment are just completely cherry picking their own mm. macro view. Like oil got dumped because of weakness in Asia. Iron ore is rallying because of optimism in Asia. It's just the market's not particularly transparent at the moment and all uh, marching to the same beat. So mm. if, you take the, if you take out the macro view, I think this is harshly done by, you'd probably be buying it. Um, if you're worried about economic weakness going forward, I'd just wait, I would, I would say. So um, I guess it's, it's a hold, I suppose. Yep, these guys, that still roll out, I think is good. But also then, um, we've seen a lot of competition with JD. I don't know if you've been seeing it through the whole sort of the supermarkets and things like that. Yep. Um, there's massive JD stores in Pitt Street now and things like that. So there's a bit of competition in that street footwear kind of thing. So I'd just be a little bit cautious. Happy to behold, it's probably one of the better quality businesses in the retail space. So that's why I think we're both saying hold just on the quality side of things. Mm. Indeed. Welcome back to the COB, Dr. Shane Oliver from AMP, who's been on leave. We missed you, Shane, but a busy week for you to return. Don't really know where to start. Um, well, perhaps we'll just have a quick look at what is happening on the market while we wait for Dr. Shane Oliver. Um, it does look like we're going to close pretty flat today, actually, which I did mention. But um, interestingly, we're up by about 1% over the course of the week. And that's really in response to the fact that we had such a solid session coming through on Wednesday when the market rallied really hard to a two-month high. Um, interestingly, some of the companies that were lower today were Car Group and and Karoon Energy, but Dr. Shane Oliver is back with us. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, we miss you. you. Uh, a big week, as I mentioned, for you to return. Uh, I don't really know where to start, but let's start with that key inflation data out of the US because that was certainly key for market investors this week and perhaps suggesting, reflecting that the Fed is done, which is probably not the same mm. as where the RBA is at. That, that's right. And obviously that information out of the US is the key driver in all of this. And the news there was quite good. Inflation fell more than expected. Uh, it had that month or two where it rose. Now it seems to be falling again. Uh, the core rate uh, fell as well. Uh, obviously, there's still concerns about sticky inflation, sticky services inflation. But the bottom line seems to be that inflation is coming back down again. It's uh, looking lumpy and bumpy as Fed Chair um, Powell indicated, but the trend is still down. And so that uh, supercharged share markets, including our own, obviously adding to confidence that the Fed is finished, um, although it's probably going to maintain a somewhat hawkish bias or a tightening bias and probably still going to re retain a higher for longer or high for longer message on interest rates. So there's always a danger here that markets have got a bit ahead of themselves, but at least that prospect of a further hike maybe in December um, is now looking very unlikely. And, and of course, we saw lower than expected inflation numbers in the UK. So those things should be positive. But obviously, our market has benefited from that, even though there is still concern in Australia that uh, interest rates may be raised another time. Um, I've note that the market's probability on that has fallen below. I think it was around 30 or 40 percent. It's now fallen below that. Um, but obviously the market is still pricing some chance we might get another rate hike here. Uh, wages numbers this week, employment numbers, I don't think they swayed things either way, but both of them surprised 
marginally on the upside, but you could argue they're still consistent with RBA forecasts. Mm. So on their own, they're not enough to tip the RBA into another hike. But obviously, we've got to keep clo- keep a close close eye on upcoming uh, retail sales and um, uh, inflation numbers. I mean, that chart you've just put up there, I think, is incredibly instructive because it shows that uh, inflation, all those countries that went up, uh, that's Europe, um, US, Canada, UK, Japan is a bit of a laggard in this one. Yeah, we're a bit of a laggard as well. Um, it's all coming down, and you could argue that it's coming down as rapidly as it went up again, which is a good sign. The other thing is that uh, US and Canada peaked in June last year. Europe and the UK peaked in October. So they peaked ahead of Australia. We peaked in December. Uh, so we are lagging a little bit, but we lagged on the way up. So I don't think it's any surprise that we're lagging on the way down. And as you go forward, uh, higher quarterly numbers and monthly numbers will drop out from a year ago, uh, pushing our numbers down on an annual basis, much like you're seeing in that chart there for other countries. So I'm not particularly alarmed that we're still somewhat high compared to those other countries, given that we lagged on the way up and we're doing the same on the way down. Look at that huge spike. I mean, remember when they said inflation was transitory. All right, I wanted to get your thoughts. I know you (laughs) touched on it briefly, but on the breadth of market action, particularly when we reflect our market versus the US, because we're all hoping for this Santa Claus rally, and you're looking (laughs) at the breadth of rally in shares being quite broad-based. It has been. When you look at uh, the US share market coming off the, the lows, uh, so top to bottom, if you take the July high to the low in uh, in October, I think it was, then uh, it came down about 10%. Now, since then, it's uh, almost rallied to the to the top again, not to an all-time high, but almost back to the to the um, the July highs again. Uh, and the gains have been fairly broad-based. Defensive sectors obviously playing a role in there, but also uh, uh, growth sectors, cyclical sectors. Um, and the other thing to note, yeah, you know, our market hasn't been as good. Uh, we're up about 40% from the lows. So we've got a fair way to go to get back to our July highs. But it's interesting to note from the chart you just put up there, which shows the seasonal pattern in shares. Uh, we all know that you start to see seasonal strength. The Santa rally starts about now. US market is the first to pick up. It picks up through November. We, don't, we normally bottom in November or, or start to rally more decisively through December. And then, of course, the rallies continue. Uh, US market keeps going up until the old saying, sell in May and go away. And then you get our market lingering on until July. So we go a little bit longer than the US. A whole bunch of factors behind that. Uh, end of year optimism or new year optimism associated with Christmas, the feel good factor, start of a new year, uh, investment of end of year bonuses, um, tax loss selling in the US uh, drags mark- the market down into September and then investors have to buy back in again uh, from November onwards. So a whole bunch of factors in there, but it's, it's not necessarily a surprise that we're a laggard on the way up. But I think in a broader sense, our market is still a little bit worried about China and a little bit worried about the Australian consumer, whereas the US share market still has tech stocks and AI to to give it a lift. And there's not as many concerns about the US household sector Mm. as there is in Australia, given their lower debt load and their preponderance of 30-year fixed mortgage rates, whereas in Australia we're all short-dated rates, and that's obviously having a more negative impact in Australia. Well, I mentioned the retail outlook and and the warning from Accent. We had the warning from Walmart. Uh, How do you think all of this is factoring into the RBA? We're going to get the minutes next week. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, the, the minutes, uh, I'm often a little bit sceptical of the minutes because mm-hmm. I, I sometimes think they uh, doctor the minutes after that. <laughs> they release the statement and you'd think that the minutes Control should be consistent C, with the statement. B. <laughs> 
Yeah, but sometimes I reckon uh, the minutes read have a somewhat different tone to the statement. If you think about the October meeting, the statement was fairly bland, whereas the minutes from the October meeting two weeks later are a lot more hawkish. So you always got to be a bit wary about the minutes. But I suspect that it will it will uh, indicate that the RBA still has a tightening bias, but it did consider leaving rates on hold, so there'll probably be more information around that. Um, but what will be of interest will be uh, how how significant its somewhat softened tightening bias is. Uh, you may recall that it was saying they may still have to raise rates again, whereas they sort of changed that to whether we have to raise rates again will depend on these things. So there was a slight change in the emphasis there. So that's what's going to be the focus in the minutes, whether it has another hawkish tone like the October minutes did or whether it's um, somewhat more softened uh, tightening bias. And then, of course, we've got uh, the participation of the governor in a panel on Tuesday, may or may not get anything out of that one, but she does do a speech to the ABE, Australian Business Economist, on Wednesday evening, and obviously, I think it's Wednesday evening, and obviously that one will be looked quite looked at quite closely. Um, but I suspect she'll have some sort of tightening bias in there. I suspect that she'll still be concerned about the strength of inflation, services inflation in particular in Australia. All right. Well, if you're not that interested in reading the minutes, what are you reading this week, Shane? We love Shane Oliver's book club. <laughs> well, interestingly, I'm still reading the same thing. I, I, I went away last week, as you know, and I forgot to take the the book on the Stasi Stasi land there away with me. So I'm still I'm still trying to get through that at uh, this point in time. But I have been very obsessed with the Be- the Beatles uh, uh, new single. Uh, last time I was on the program two weeks ago, it had just been released, and I know Andrew asked me about it, and I hadn't yet heard it. Um, but I must say, I am pretty impressed with that. Uh, with that single. In the first playthrough, I thought, oh, this isn't so good. I thought the other two from 1995 were better, Free as a Bird and Real Love. But the more you listen to it, the more you you pick up all the bits and pieces, obviously the close relationship between Paul and John, the uh, the slide guitar tribute, which is not George Harrison. It's actually Paul uh, as a homage to uh, George Harrison's uh, playing, which I thought was amazing. And then when you see the, the, the voices of Paul and Ringo kick in, uh, and Rigo's drumming, you know, I was, I was actually quite emotional when I'm watching that, that video, oh, wow. to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 actually quite an impressive effort. And, and and I guess people get Rolling Stones, Beach Boys probably in the same camp, but particularly the Beatles, you know, their efforts over many years that, that obviously Paul's gone, George has gone, and yet they've still kept going. Uh, 60 years later, um, they're still releasing material. So that's that, and good quality material that went to the number one, I think, in the UK. I think it got to number six in Australia. Um, so I, I must admit, I was pretty impressed by that, uh, and I'm still listening to it. Trouble is, if I listen to it, watch YouTube late at night, watch the Peter Jackson uh, directed video there, I, I then have trouble sleeping at night because the tune gets stuck in my head, particularly when the strings go up and the slide guitar kicks in. Anyway. <laughs> All right. We are happy to have you back. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much, Dr. Shane Oliver there from Thanks. AMP. Thanks, Juliet. All right, let's have a quick look at what is happening overnight. Uh, We've got Europe October CPI, UK October retail sales, US housing starts, building permits, and a few more Fed uh, members speaking as well. So Collins, Goolsby, Daly, always key to watch what Mary Daly has to say as well. Let's have a quick look at what is uh, coming up in the week ahead. We mentioned the RBA minutes. That will be uh, quite important to, to meander through those. The RBA governor panel discussion, Shane talked about that. 
that too. Of course, the FOMC Fed minutes, uh, inflation data from Japan and Canada and in New Zealand, a bit of a picture on the retail volumes too. I mean, that's an economy that is weakening. So if we're already seeing this pullback in retail sales, that'll be interesting to watch as well. All right, quick look at the market close. We're well and truly finished. Uh, we are flat on the SIBO 200. As I mentioned, though, on the ASX 200, we have closed the week higher by around 1%. And the ASX 200 is at 7,049 points. Karoon Energy Car Group were the worst performing stocks today. That does it for the COB and, in fact, for Ausbiz for this week. Remember, you can catch up with all of our interviews. I was name dropping a couple of the CEOs I've had, but I've had some really good ones. I spoke to the Origin CFO today ahead of that Brookfield uh, takeover vote next week. I spoke to Elders earlier in the week, and I also spoke to the Grain Corp uh, CEO about half an hour ago. You can catch up with all the interviews that myself and uh, my brilliant colleagues did throughout the week by going to osbiz.com.au, but we will be back bright and early Monday. Have a great weekend. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.